Uh, well, the man charged with uh, bringing back those glory days is our next guest. He is Brandon Shanahan, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brandon, welcome back to the show. Thanks, guys. So tell us a little bit about when you are charged with uh, remaking or refining uh, an iconic logo like that of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Where do you begin? How do you do it? What were your goals? Well, I, I, I just think that uh, in some ways it's um, it's not so much a new logo as, as what we felt was our original logo. And the more that I learned as I as I came to Toronto and, and uh, really dug into the history of, of the Maple Leafs and, and the story of what motivated Conn Smythe to change the name from the St. Pat's to the Maple Leafs, and is uh, it was a story that sort of compelled uh, many of us here that that we should really go back to to that uh, history and why was it ever changed? So uh, I think it's it's a, a beautiful logo. I think our our current logo is a great logo as well. But I I just thought that um, you know if if Conn Smythe were alive today, he'd be wondering where and why it happened. How did it change? Especially when you consider that you know. Uh, we did have so much success with it. Now that doesn't mean we're, you know, putting on a new logo on your sweater means you're going to have success. It's still always going to matter what we do uh, while we're wearing it. But uh, we just, we quite frankly, we liked it better, and we liked the association with those teams, and we felt that that was a nod to one of the first uh, dynasties of the Maple Leafs. Hey, Brennan, since you took the job as president, you've made it a priority to embrace the history of this club, especially you know the good history, the the glory days of this club and and the alumni of this club. I mean, why have you felt that's important and and why do you see it as essential? well, i've I've always felt even you know, I hate to talk about when I was playing because it was centuries ago, but I um, <laughs> You know, I, I always felt that it was an advantage to me when I, I knew the people I was playing for and also the people that I was representing who had played before me. Um, it was important for me to walk into arenas in a certain way where where I walked by people who worked there, who had worked there for decades. On the flip side, when I was in Detroit, um, you know, I, it was the first time I was with an original six team, and I got to know Ted Lindsay, and we became quite close. And we used to go to lunch or uh, have dinner, and, and to, to me, it, it 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 helped to have that connection. You know, when Gordy Howe would come into the room, or I'd have a chance to talk to Ted about what it meant to be a Detroit Red Wing. Uh, it was inspiring, and to hear about teams uh, at the time, Detroit, I, I, I don't think they had won a cup in something like 46 years. So it, it was great to just have that connection. Um, and so when I look at a place like Toronto, certainly everything we're doing now is talking about going through some difficult times for the future. So it's not like we're milking the past, but certainly for players that we're going to be drafting and developing and the players who are currently here, um, you know, if they want to look to heroes and and if they want to look to standards that were set by great great Maple Leafs, uh, there's no reason to hide uh, guys like Sil Apps and Teeter Kennedy and George Armstrong. We're in conversation with Brendan Shanahan, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, a lot of focus, Brendan, on later this month when the NHL trade deadline comes up. So I'm just going to go through the roster and read every name, and you can tell us the, the yes or no whether you're going to trade them. Okay. Like hockey cars, like got them, need them, need them. Yeah, no, we, we would never try that, of course. Uh, but oh, any, I was going to do it. Okay, gonna, <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, well, sure. Oh, here we go. Uh, listen, uh, in, in a more general sense, uh, how active do you imagine your team being between now and February 29th? 
Well, it's it's really difficult for me to say because you need a dance partner to mm. you know to to do this. So it's it's really um, you know I'll just say that we'll be prepared. We uh, you know we've we've been talking about um, you know this. It's an important date, obviously, for all thirty teams, but we'll certainly be be prepared. And uh, you know, but but at the same time, it's you, you don't really know until until the phone starts ringing. And I'll, I've I've got a Great general manager in Lou Lamorello, who's been through this many times, and um, you know he's. Uh, what I really like about Lou is is how much he's utilized the entire organization from um, all the people that he has at his disposal here, and how he's embraced them all uh, and and gotten constant information from them all and shared information, uh, which which probably people didn't have that impression of Lou while he was in New Jersey, but he's been mm-hmm. fantastic that way here with us. And so uh, again, like I said, uh, not can't really predict what kind of action there'll be, but we'll be prepared should there be any that we think will help us. So, Brennan, you you scored a coup when you acquired Mike Babcock as the free agent coach of the moment uh, last spring. Um, but if you looked at the standings today, and you might say to yourself, you know, what what's been the effect of Mike Babcock? Because you guys finished twenty seventh in the standings last year, and you're twenty seventh in the standings as we sit here talking right now. What has been the Mike Babcock effect in your eyes? I, I think the biggest change that I've I've seen in in just being here in one year um, is you know people you, you talk about this all the time and and uh, and it sometimes it does get overused but I, I think it's very clear for people who remember a year ago and can look at the way this team plays today and the culture in the room and the ice is different. Um, I feel a lot safer about bringing people in and saying, you know what, th- this is how you play. Now, now we've we've got to keep finding them players. We've got to keep replenishing the system. We've got to keep uh, developing the kids that we have with the Marlies and the kids that we have scattered throughout North America and Europe that that are property of us. But I really do think that that. In spite of the fact we still have a long way to go, we're no longer coming in where teams are sort of laughing and snickering at the Maple Leafs, and especially the Maple Leafs' work ethic. So I think that that culture, Mike has really changed the culture on the ice. I think Lou has really, in a positive way, changed the culture uh, off the ice. Um, and I think we've just created a, you know, a, a better place uh, for people to come now. It's just a matter of, you know the Nazem Kadri's and and the Morgan Rileys, and and you know uh, all these players to to just continue to improve. And then you know Mark Hunter, as I've said before, he might be the most important person in this organization to just keep finding players. Yeah. So you say it's a you feel safer having people come into the Maple Leafs dressing room. What are the chances William Nylander comes into the Maple Leafs dressing room this season? Well, I won't name anybody specifically, but I think the chances are good that some of these Marlies uh, are very strong, that we think it would be good for some of them to come up and, and see some games in the NHL this year. So uh, depending on what happens at the deadline and, and whether we need some, some, some guys up here, I, I think it would be great for the development, some of the players, and not going to name names, but I think the chances are good that we're going to see some of them. And they've had a fantastic year down with the Marlies, and and we wanted that. We wanted them to learn how to win and feel like winners and and sort of 
grow into a band of brothers uh, down there. Um, but I do think that at a certain point, it is good for guys to have a, come up and, and get a look at what it is up here and what's expected up here. It prepares them better in the summertime when they come back for the following season to you know, not spend any time in the American Hockey League and make the graduation to the NHL. We're in conversation with Brendan Shanahan, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brendan, about a year ago, or a little less than a year ago, when you started to uh, articulate your plan for this organization, one of the things you did in, in a pretty precise and, and calculated way was change the expectations around this team in this city, which have been forever sky high, whether the Maple Leafs had a good team or not. It was always that pressure from the from the fan base to, or from whoever to, to try and you know chase chase the next step. And and you went public with a with a plan to try to change those expectations. Why did you feel that was so important to do? Well, I just it's funny. It's uh, I spoke at the end of the season, and and I I really did my best to just observe and not not speak too much, and you know not you know not be constantly uh, finding the airways. Last year, there was a lot for me to watch and learn, and there were things that I had learned, and you know maybe earlier in the season that I had to wait till the end of the season. But uh, I really felt at the end of the season, I didn't say anything spectacular except the truth and what had been on my mind and what my thoughts were. So. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure the reaction I would get from the city of Toronto or our fans. Um, I had spoken to ownership about what our plans were and what I thought we needed to do and got support from them. Our owners have been fantastic with me, but um, I wasn't sure the fans would take to hearing what I felt was the truth. So it was really, um, it wasn't calculated, it was just transparency. And, and that you know, as hard as it is, and there are 29 other teams that are trying to do it as well. Uh, we're not we're not here to sort of get by or or to patch things up. We're we're here to hopefully build a championship team that that we feel the Toronto Maple Leafs deserve to be. As how how much has that possibly impacted? Do you think Mike Babcock's ability to coach this team? Could you ask that again? Just in terms of the expectations being different around this club, how has that positively affected Mike Babcock's ability to coach this team? Oh, I, you know, again, like I said, it, it wasn't calculated. It wasn't buying time. As you see right now, mm. we were telling the truth, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and somebody asked me that, like, how many years? And I said, I, I feel like I could stand up here and give an X amount of number of years, and all I'd really be doing is just buying myself that many years. So, um, it was really just saying that, you know, we've got to break some things down before we can build them up again. But we really started with a foundation. So going back to Dave Festchuk's question, I, I do think that there has been a foundation that, that has been poured. Um, we've just got to start slowly building it up. And um, I think that Mike is, has done a great job in that sense. And, and certainly, um, but but he's not satisfied. He wants more. He wants he wants to get better. He doesn't want to wait. Um, he understands you know the plan. But I I like a coach that comes wakes up every morning, trying to figure out a way to win, and uh, it's frustrating for him after games. And but you know what? He goes home as he says. He he uh, you know somehow he shakes it off and he shows up early the next morning with a great attitude, bringing a positive energy and ready to go the next day. Hey, Brendan, when you look at uh, individual players, and you named a couple, Nazem Kadri, Morgan Riley, two of your more talented guys in this roster, no secret. I mean, do you, what do you think the effect of Babcock on each of them has been to the way you see it? Well, I wasn't precisely sure, uh, nor was Lou, um, 
uh, how each and every player would react to Mike's demanding style. And uh, he's, he's a demanding guy every single day, whether it's a game day or a practice day or a rest day. And uh, all I can say is the players that we all really hoped would respond have responded. We're in conversation with Brendan Shanahan, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Brendan, just one last question before we let you go. The new logo has 13 veins in it in the Maple Leaf, uh, each representing uh, one of the Stanley Cups that the Maple Leafs have won. Have, have you got a deal to have that redesigned during your tenure if you need to have that done? It would be a great it would be a great uh, issue to have, and, and certainly we've, uh, you know, as as we uh, as we like to dream, we 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 did say uh, when when we counted those uh, numbers, we said like hopefully we're adding more in the future, but uh, um, yeah, certainly if if we're fortunate enough to reach our goal and win a cup, the NHL will get a call from us that we're making a small adjustment to our logo again. Oh, terrific! We look forward to that. Thanks so much for joining us, my friend. Okay, thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Brendan Shanahan, the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs.